Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Justin McElroy. Still. Hey, Justin. Yes. I know that you meditate sometimes. Do you still do that? Um, I have a hilarious habit of uh, not meditating when things are going pretty well. And then all of a sudden my anxiety catches up with me in a terrible uh, torrential downpour. And I think, why is this happening? How could this happen? I'm just only not doing any of the things I'm supposed to do to control my anxiety. How am I not controlling my anxiety? So, yeah, things have been okay lately, so I haven't been meditating. I have not learned from the past. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm meditating from time to time. Well, you kind of killed my intro there. You should be. Oh, okay. But you meditate to it, – it helps, like, give your brain a break. Yes, yeah. right. It's training your brain to give it rest. It's important for us to take care of our brains, take care of our bodies, take care of our brains, take care of ourselves, uh, the stuff of ourselves. Ooh, that's very relevant to this episode. Ooh. Uh, but this this particular show this week, I thought kind of a an existential moment, a philosophical moment might be in order. Okay. Um, I would encourage everybody to keep doing the hard work they're doing in all arenas right now. Um, keep protesting and calling your representatives and donating and reading and learning and uh, also wearing your masks and washing your hands and staying at home as much as possible. All those things, all that hard work that we're all doing, it's important that while we are doing that hard work, we take care of ourselves and um, nurture our our brains and our bodies and our souls. Mm. And I thought to take a moment this week to use the show to provide something to meditate upon something to think about kind of a spiritual spiritual oasis yeah just i will we will get back to more of the same relevant current content that we have uh we've been doing but but i thought my brain needed something like this. Uh, mm-hmm. I read this story and it made me ponder things that I have not given myself space to think about lately. And so I thought perhaps our audience may okay may what, need that. Much. Well, what are we what are we talking about? Uh, if you're exhausted and you think that the story of a man who tried to weigh the human soul may help bring you a little peace right now, then this is what I'd like to share. That's a, that's a somewhat troubling start (laughs) i was hoping for something more sort of pizza related or something but you can eat pizza while you listen to this episode i don't think it's 
gross. Man, I really always have to think about that before. Yeah, I, I heard that you statement. like mid mid why are one of the children actually like hammering directly above us, do you think? Because we're letting my mother watch them right now. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, thank you to both Theodora and Jennifer who have suggested this topic years ago, I believe. Uh, when I checked to see if anybody had ever brought this up before, I think years ago. But it's it's a good one. If you haven't heard of Dr. Duncan McDougall and the like time. That name he, is a good start. It is a good name. And the time he tried to weigh the human soul. I should know. I thought this was important. I, you may already be aware of this or have, you know, deduced it through Sherlockian reasoning. But we do not learn about the soul really in medical school. That is not like a class we take. Right. Um, we stick with the the scientific and uh, the specifically the medical and while there are certainly many times where we talk about like the humanistic elements of medicine and the way that spirituality and various religious beliefs can play into decision making in in some aspects of medicine we never learn about the soul as any sort of you know scientific concept mm-hmm. you probably already knew that yeah that's what i would have guessed it's just, those matters are better left to people who study the spiritual, the metaphysical. So the reason I say this is that I find it particularly fascinating that Dr. Duncan McDougall was a physician who decided to take up this task. I just thought everything else had been sort of figured out. In I, 1901, we got it pretty much figured out. Maybe he just uh, wanted to branch out. I don't all know. medicine had been fixed. I don't know. I, I, I regret that we do not know more. I don't have a lot of background to give you about this individual. We don't know a lot about what he was doing before he did this thing that is the thing he will be known for, I think, for all of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he was regarded well in his community. We know that. Like He seemed like he was respected as a physician there in uh, Haverhill, Massachusetts in 1901. Um, whatever he had done previously, it had not been... Uh, strange or bizarre enough to draw any sort of negative attention anyway. Um, but he also was not, there There are no uh, stories of great acts prior to this either. So he was fine. I guess a regular guy. Just a regular guy. A regular doctor guy. I, you have to imagine he had some sort of spiritual religious inclination because he believed there was a soul to weigh. Mm-hmm. So he must have. He wasn't a skeptic. You would think. And I mean, there was no evidence that he was trying to disprove the existence of the soul with these experiments. Mm -hmm. Certainly he was a scientist and I think open to that idea as we'll get into. But it seems that he was really in pursuit of capturing that that is the soul in some scientific measurement. And the weight is what he chose. So uh, he believed that the soul was some sort of matter. He allowed for the possibility that it wasn't, but he said, let's go ahead and and kind of assume that it is. Okay. Then we should be able to weigh it. If it it is matter, you would think yes. It has weight. However, there is a problem with weighing just in your soul as you sit there before me today. Uh, Well, gosh, I can think of a number of one. It's trapped in my incredible body. That's the main one. That's really... 
mainly that. Yeah, that's the number one problem. How do you separate it? It's not like where you can weigh your cat by weighing yourself and then picking up your cat. Exactly. He had no way for us to, like, temporarily set aside our soul. But he had a way of permanently doing it. Well, he didn't have a way. I do not want to put malicious intent upon this He knew about, he heard tell of. That, yes, mortality. Yeah. That eventually the soul should become separate from the body in in this philosophy. And so this would be the moment to weigh the soul. He actually wrote about this to use his own his own words, the, his thinking on it. We are therefore driven back upon the assumption that the soul substance so necessary to the conception of continuing personal identity after the death of this material body must still be a form of gravitate matter or perhaps a middle form of substance, neither gravitate matter or ether, not capable of being weighed and yet not identical with ether. Since, however, the substance considered in our hypothesis is linked organically with the body until death takes place, it appears to me more reasonable to think that it must be some form of gravitate matter and therefore capable of being detected at death by weighing a human being in the act of death. So there you go. Okay. So Easy enough. He's got to find some people who are... Sad, very sick. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> or have a hit put out on them, possibly. And or are standing underneath like a now, particularly lightning attractive tree, perhaps. These are people walking this, under construction sites is, in cartoons. Is this what you is this immediately where you think, okay, wait, 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 let's back this up. Uh-huh. So your first thought, if yes. I need to find if I need to find someone that I can weigh immediately before and after the moment of death is to find a hitman no. or woman. Let or the record show I said sick person first. So no, that was that my second thought. Was okay, your man. second thought was Hitman is nice because you can time it exactly right. I know Wait. exactly when they're going to be stepping on this scale. And also it turned out they've been doing crimes. <laughs> I found out about it. They've hey. been doing terrible crimes and they deserve this. And we oh. can all feel good for the retributive justice. Oh, so you're assuming that the hit is on someone who is bad. I don't have to assume. I'm the one putting out the hit. Mm-hmm. I, me and Duncan are putting out the you're hit. You're putting out the hit? Yeah, Sid. But it's on a bad person that that lives near a <laughs> big scale. <laughs> Those are the two factors that we had, is they have to be a terrible, wretched person uh-huh. who deserves retributive justice, and they also have to live next to a very large scale that they occasionally walk across. There are some really complicated ethical ideas that you're putting forth. Yeah. I, uh, the ethics of putting a scale that close to somebody get into some weird body, body politics. I'm not sure that you know somebody should be living that close to a scale not, and walking across it daily. Uh-huh. I also would uh, would please ask hit person, don't limit me. You're right, Sydney. Why? Um, why only men? That's that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess it's it's that's fair. All all people can be murderers for hire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. What a uh, what a great day! What a, what great progress has been made here today. <laughs> um. So no, he did not find a hit person to follow around uh he did not look for oh that's even better actually that's good i was thinking so like a scale trap no he he did not he did not say like hi are are you a hit person can i follow you around and just do some science measures before and after you do your work 
Um, he he did not find any anvils dangling precariously over the heads of mm-hmm. any cartoon characters. Uh, he instead did look for sick people. He was also a doctor, so you, you got to think that's probably where his mind went. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit predictable, but um, you can see how uh, how his mind would go there. So his basic idea was, if I can find somebody who is near death, I will weigh them right before, right before. I mean, that's right the only before. way this works. You have to weigh them right before and immediately after the moment of death. I mean, almost concurrent with the moment of death, right? Because... As we'll get into, there are lots of other factors that could throw off the weight a very small amount. And he figured he was looking for a very small it's amount not, of weight. Probably not heavy. We would have noticed that. Yes. So uh, this is somewhat, this is a simple design, but you can see that all of Justin's wild ideas aside, it's still ethically pretty fraught because you have to find someone who is close to death and ask them or their loved ones, whoever is making decisions for them, is it cool with you to spend your last moments on this giant scale I've built while me and perhaps a team of scientists very closely observe your weight? Is that how you imagined right. this would wrap up? Uh, and also you have to hold very still because I've got to keep these scales balanced. It's only 1901. Scales are only so good right now. We don't have digital ones. Right. Uh, so he was able to eventually find a small number of participants, a very small number of participants from local nursing homes. Uh, he he looked first for tuberculosis diagnoses. Um, one, because at the time, tuberculosis had no cure, so it was a, a fatal disease. It was a uh, not quickly fatal, but eventually fatal disease. Uh, and it tended to be a wasting disease, so you would get very weak and... Uh, thin and unable to move much so he thought these would be people who would very naturally be still and peaceful and calm as they passed and so it would be easier Mm -hmm. to to weigh them you know so he looked for tuberculosis uh he found six people who i guess were willing to be included in the study uh and who he thought met the appropriate criteria. Four of them did have tuberculosis. Two of them didn't. One was in a diabetic coma, and then the other one, we don't know the diagnosis. Um, but one way or another, they were very close to dying. So he And he took all of this very, very seriously. I mean, he was, he was quite earnest in his quest to prove that there was a soul by showing that it had weight. Uh, he designed a special scale, like a bed scale, made for this explicit purpose and a very accurate it could get a, a perfect weight within five grams good. pretty good pretty good for that time especially yes so he he does he designed this bed scale so you could just put the person on this bed and watch the weight Easy. and once you got the scales balanced everything everything would work well um so he he had everything and he recorded everything that happened they're very, very detailed notes as it was happening. Uh, in the final results, it should be noted that he could not include two of the patients. Um, so he was rigorous about this. He didn't just throw all the data in there. Um, one of the patients passed away before any measurements or before all the measurements could be taken. And so he didn't feel like that, that it was accurate enough data. Um, it's it's interesting if you read his accounts of why 
he excluded that um, mm-hmm. that patient from his results. Uh, he says that people who did not agree with the work he was doing, opponents of his ideas, interfered with the process. It's weird. I know. That's a story I would love to know more about. It makes sense, though. I mean, this is going to be pol- religion is already very polarizing, and mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine both sides of that debate not really feeling comfortable with this sort of research not only that but uh it's such a uh personal thing and it can differ so much between different like religious beliefs and cultural traditions in terms of death and what should happen surrounding that you can imagine that some people would not be comfortable with scales and scientists and notebooks and pens and measurements it's also just another friggin' thing to worry about is my soul too heavy is it too light do i need to tone up my soul you know what i mean (laughs) uh so he so this this person was not included in the final data and the other one was not included because they only got the patient on the scale for five minutes prior to them passing away and he felt even though he got measurements he didn't feel like that there was a long enough time period to have really gotten everything set uh, he didn't. He felt like it was rushed data, and it, he wasn't comfortable with it. So, what about the four good eggs? How did it go for them? Well, Justin, I want to tell you about the four that he did include in his results. But first, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette 
that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So we got four patients that that were counted in the uh, in the sole weight research. Yes. So in the in the final in the final paper that he would write up eventually, there are four all male patients uh, with tuberculosis in the results. Um, what he found as he did his did his examinations of each one is that one of them lost weight quite suddenly at the moment of passing. Okay. Like an immediate loss of weight, as you would predict if you believed that the soul had matter and left the body immediately at the time of death, Mm -hmm. this patient seemed to follow that hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Two of them also lost weight right away, but then within a very short period of time, just uh, a minute or so, lost even more. Hmm. So... What did that mean? I don't know. Well, he didn't either. There was some talk. Are there second multiple soul, souls? There's two souls. Are there be, multiple souls? There could be beyond two souls. We don't know. We don't know. Um, is this where Satan's come into play? Did you say Satan? Satan. Satan. Isn't yes. that what they're called? Yes, it's Thetans. Wouldn't that be weird if this guy was like, I did my soul weight research and it turns out Scientology is real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry. Is- I'm sorry, everybody. Spoilers, like, Dr. McDougal does not have anything to do with Scientology, to my knowledge. No. He has nothing to do with Scientology. Well, but, oh, Siri is, approves. Um, oh, yeah. oh. oh that, She's listening because we listening, started talking about Scientology. Tommy, Tommy C turned, it, turned on my watch to <laughs> you, listen in. you got to be careful. It doesn't yeah. matter if that's what the episode about it is about or not. You start talking about that. They'll find it. Uh, so anyway... Um, Two of them lost weight and then lost a little more. And then the last one did also lose weight immediately, but then put it back on right away. So. Not not much to, unless the soul was like, I'm not ready. So with with those results, you're probably thinking, well, you can't conclude literally anything. No. Yeah. Well, what he did conclude is that based on the patient who did lose weight and keep it off <laughs> and not lose more, stayed steady. Based on that, uh, in terms of, I guess this is like pseudo-medical history, we have deduced that the human soul weighs 21.3 grams. So if you heard the concept, 21 grams, there's a movie, There's it is a it is Dang. known it is in popular culture, or three-fourths of an ounce, about 21.3 grams. It's about this 21 paper clips is what I learned in, in school, if you need, if you need uh, help conceiving of it. Five nickels, I think somebody said. Sure. I mean, we can do this all day. (laughs) (laughs) One one, one one hundredth of a Sony PlayStation that you've chipped off. I mean, we could. (laughs) 
So anyway, that this is where the so he deduced that the human soul weighs twenty one grams. Now you're probably already thinking, well, this seems specious. Um, I don't trust this. This was based on just the one person. Just one person, and he did do six. So and he tossed two out of the data. Four were included. The of other the three, data, he didn't toss two out. Once they had passed, their data no, he of tossed the, out. The, yes, of your block of data, two subjects were removed. Their data was removed. Um, this is just how you talk about in, no, you kidding. know, just in a study. No, no one was physically tossed. Uh, so, and the, and the other three who he did include uh, reportedly lost about that much at first anyway, which is not very... Precise. Still seeming pretty sketchy mm-hmm. to me, Sidster. He did account for some things, so I do I do want to address like, okay, it is kind of weird that exactly at the moment that this individual passed on from from this mortal coil, he lost twenty one point three grams. That is a very okay. Why? So you probably are already yelling at the podcast some ideas, or at least thinking some ideas as to why this might happen. Please don't yell at the podcast. Um, one thing that is addressed within the within the paper, which you can read his his paper that he I'll get to that he eventually publishes. Uh, the if a patient evacuates their bowels or bladder at the time of death, won't that change the weight? Still on the scale. Exactly. That is the way he controlled for that. Everything was kept on the scale, so. Whether it was inside the body or out, it was all right there. So that should not change the weight. And this was all documented and measured when this occurred. So all kept track of. Uh, In addition, he had already figured out the amount of weight that can be lost due to what we call insensible losses. So that's just like sweat or evaporation from your skin. Just like we, we lose weight that way. Yeah. Slowly as you may imagine, very, very slowly. So he already knew that that was lost at about one sixtieth of an ounce per minute. So that insensible losses could not account for a sudden drop of 21 grams. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Finally, there was this thought. Maybe it's just the final exhalation. You let that last breath go. You don't take another one in and maybe there's... Maybe that's it. So in order to check this out, the researchers took turns getting up on the bed scale and breathing in and out very vigorously. (laughs) It's a good day of science, everyone. (laughs) I know. I wish... I have to imagine... I don't know. I don't don't have any um, evidence that there were medical students involved in this. Uh, but if there were medical students involved in this, then they would probably be forced to like, hey, why don't you test that part out? Just hop on the bed and breathe really hard in and out and let us watch the scale and then write all that down. Thank you. That's I'm sorry, medical students. Yeah, you're probably on that on that uh, assignment. Yeah, I don't think there were medical students involved, though. I think old, old Dr. McDougall hopped up on the bed and did this himself. But they watched the scale as they uh, very aggressively breathed and saw that saw no change that did not change the scales so he included all that so that people wouldn't call into question his very scientific conclusion that the human soul weighs 21.3 grams so like any good scientist he knew that the only way to ensure that a result is 
meaningful is to reproduce it. Sure. Right. right. Science. So he decided he needed to do this again to try to prove this 21 gram theory. But as I've already said, it was difficult to find human subjects for his experiment. Um, and so he decided, you know what, it would probably be easier if we switched to an animal. So yeah. if I can find an animal that is near death and weigh them right before and right after, that might be an easier. It doesn't sound easier. Personally. No, it sounds bad. Yes. Uh, he did. He, he found that it was harder in terms of like keeping the scales balanced and knowing the exact moment of passing. All of that became more fraught with animals. He did use dogs. Uh, and after 15 trials of this, he wrote that there was no difference in their weight before and after. The scales did not change at all. And so what you may think is that this invalidated his previous results. Right. And led him to believe that his scales were perhaps not as perfect as he thought. But instead, what it convinced him of firmly was the idea that dogs do not have souls. Oh, man. I know. Oh, no. Our listenership is not going to enjoy that. They've, this is a heel turn as far as they're concerned. <laughs> Before you start emailing me, I am not saying dogs do not have souls. No, all dogs go to heaven. Exactly. And how does that work if they don't have souls? Think about the... He didn't even think about that all the way through. If, it, if he didn't even thought for a second about the movie that would be released several decades later, mm -hmm. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Which has uh, some of the best cartoon pizza that you'll ever see yeah. in a movie. Of course, you knew that if you listened to our other podcast, Sid Ranks <laughs> All Cartoon Pizzas. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's in the, you know where it looks the, bad as a teenage what's ninja. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. I sing this to the girls all the it time. It looks bad on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just, it just looks like a sloppy ghost with red eyes. It's terrible. The pizza on that show looks yeah. terrible. Anyway, sorry. Brief digression. Go back to existential. Read an Archie I'll, I'd if, love you, to, if I'd, you ever want to crave a hamburger. I'd love to return to the existential crisis you were giving me if you want to go ahead and just keep talking. Sorry. Along. So, again, please do not send me angry emails. Dr. McDougal is the one who said dogs do not have souls. Not Dr. McElroy. I do not agree with with any of, of this really. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that that is what he would put when he finally published his work six years later, April of 1907, um, in American Medicine in a paper titled Hypothesis Concerning Soul Substance Together with Experimental Evidence of the Existence of Such Substance. It's you know, it's really a missed opportunity when you read these titles. And you know that what what is within this paper is the weight of the human soul. The fact that he yeah. did not publish a paper titled The Weight of the Human Soul. <laughs> like when we publish this podcast, it will be called The Weight of the Human Soul. We're not <laughs> going to bury the lead. We're not going to call it Hypothesis Concerning Soul Substance Together with Experimental Evidence of the Existence of Such Substance. No. No one listens to that. No. Uh, Maybe he kind of knew like... Uh, I may not want all the attention right now. This is a little specious. Hey, Justin, you're actually right. Really? There is evidence to believe he he did not intend for this to be quite the um, the media, I don't know, attention getter that it was. Mm. Uh, he He writes in his paper that obviously this was incredibly preliminary. 
Obviously, there were many factors that still need to be controlled for. This should be reproduced many times. You know, I I am not in any way saying that this is a fact. I'm just sharing this data and I would encourage other people to continue these investigations because I right. think this is worthwhile. I think that this there is something here that we could investigate and measure as scientists and I think we should do it. Um, however, the, the media and the scientific community went wild with this. It's very sexy. It's very... Sure, yeah. yeah of course you want to talk about it. Um, the New York Times actually ran an article on it um, about the doctor who weighed the soul. <clears throat> and a lot of people started... It's funny because he talks about all the things that you can't conclude based on just his one results. Like, he's very clear in saying that, like, this is not the end-all be-all. But people keep shouting at him <laughs> all the things that he has already admitted. Yeah. I felt like sometimes when I'm in a meeting, I'll say something, but nobody will hear it until one of my male colleagues will also say it. And then everybody will go, oh, that's such a good idea. I've, I imagine that Dr. McDougall may have had some of those may have understood the way that felt way back then in 1907 mm -hmm. uh, because he, he he was saying, no, I, I wasn't saying that this is perfect. Yes, I know it's flawed. Yes, I know I didn't use this data and this other data was conflicting. And I know that the dog thing really doesn't make any sense. All I get I'm, all that. All I'm saying is I watched 15 dogs die <laughs> and also six people and one of them didn't count. And the human soul weighs twenty one grams. This is not. This is my thing. That's all. I, that's all I'm saying. You draw your own conclusions. All I'll say is, I watched twenty souls get snuffed out. Except I think six because I don't think dogs have souls. Let me come back to that. I've gotten off track. Anyway, <laughs> the human soul is twenty one grams. So he, I, that I reminds feel it's so specific. It reminds me of Team America. Freedom costs a buck of five. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him because he was very transparent with how he did everything. I mean, the reason I know so much about this is because he wrote it down. Yeah, you have to be Straight transparent if you're talking, if it's about the soul. So, uh, and it was also, I think, you know, the, there have to have been doctors like me who are like, why are you even, just don't. Just, just don't. like, we don't have antibiotics yet. <laughs> like, we can't fix literally anything right now. Why is this what you're spending your time on? Um. So the according to the New York Times article, he he had said that he was going to investigate the soul further with his research. He intended to try to take pictures of it using X-rays. Uh, were, were going to be his next investigations, but I I don't know if those experiments ever happened. There's no record of what he did with the rest of his his years on Earth before. Oh, weird. Uh I won't. I won't talk about his passing because you hate when I do that on this show. But I, I don't have much to say about it. Let's just say that <laughs> Doctor McDougall is, is no longer with us, as you as you may have guessed. This is 1907. Yeah. <laughs> um. So other people throughout time have tried to repeat these experiments because this concept. It's if you think about how tiny this study was. Yeah. How small the number of participants and the amount of data and how basically one, right? I mean, it's basically really, one. Really, I mean, it. The fact that this has had these echoes. I mean, it just what it speaks to is is how um, enraptured by this idea so many are, uh, mm -hmm. both within the scientific community where we brush up against all of these kinds of 
ideas, especially in the medical community, on a regular basis, but then don't have anything to say about them that is evidence based. Because mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's faith, it's belief, it's spiritualism, it's not science. Uh, but but in the lay public who are fascinated with this idea, um, so there are other people tried to repeat it mainly with animals. Um, one researcher concluded that mice, much like dogs, have no souls. Okay, I'm just off the top of my head. Stuart Little, Ratatouille, An American Tale, An American Tale, Five Goes West, Stuart Little too. Okay, so that's five. Mickey, Mickey, thank you, Minnie. Mortimer, jury out on Mortimer. Don't know about that guy. Can be a little suspicious. I am surprised that in the uh, debate of whether Danger or not, Mouse, whether or not Mighty Mouse, whether or not Thank you. mice have souls. Gadget, sorry. Yeah. I am, I, <laughs> I am surprised that in this debate you come down on the side of mice do have souls because you are terrified of mice oh no my my belief that the lives of mice is what makes them so scary to me if i thought that they were soulless like bugs then i would just get a broom and swat them out the window and watch them go careening through but they're a living being that's what makes it so scary to me why don't bugs have souls honey what why do you contend that bugs don't have souls because i didn't like bugs life very much the other movies were more effective i don't know what to tell you what about what about b movie B movie did not see doing the DVD. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out very soon. I think it's just around the corner. Ah, uh, okay. So, as recently as 2001, this this experiment, as it were, was it repeated with sheep, um, and the researchers concluded that sheep actually gain weight at their time of death. Nice. So they take on someone else's soul. And your soul gets trapped inside a sheep's corpse. I don't. I don't know what that means. That's the afterlife, do, folks. Sorry. Do, do with that what you will. But the the twenty one grams idea has far outlived the the scientist who uh, came up with it. Yeah. We there's the movie I didn't see, but it was called that. Um, there there is music. There's uh, manga books. Um, an episode of Welcome to Night Vale references the twenty one grams. Can't believe you promote another podcast. Even a wonderful podcast that everybody should check out. I uh, I don't think that there's anybody who listens to our pod- podcast who isn't aware of Welcome to Night Vale. Hey, I hate to tell you this. On the off chance, go listen to Welcome to Night Vale. Start at the beginning. You'll you'll thank us. It's an amazing podcast. But uh, but I just I just think it's interesting that this idea captured the imagination of a doctor who has i mean we have no business investigating this no clearly uh, not i gotta say not science what we're trained in if i was gonna give this one another title other than the way of the human soul i would be like, i'd be something like science biffed it because you guys biffed this one but it's uh it and the and i should say if i haven't made it clear the medical community the scientific community have all rejected this entire idea yeah um, the, these, these further investigations that have been done have not been done like, uh, necessarily <laughs> by people actually go on within, with, go on, I would Tim. say that this is a uh, fringe science. Oh, I perhaps, love, love that show. Perhaps pseudoscience. Um, not, not science as a, as we know and love on this show. But, uh, but I think it is an interesting thing to think about, um, with with Dr. McDougal's time on Earth, he did 
this very strange thing. And uh, we will remember him forever for it. In closing, just weigh Casper. He's right there. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, Sawbones. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, we sure have appreciated you being there. Hey, um, just not for nothing, but uh, me and my brothers and my dad wrote a book uh, called The Adventure Zone. Uh, it's uh, Pedals to the Metal. It's the third in a series. Um, it comes. The third book comes out uh this well it comes out no i was gonna say today but it comes out tuesday july 14th if you want to pre-order a copy i would i would sure appreciate it you can go to the adventurezonecomic.com and do that um and you can get the other ones there too there's also like a, a three book box set if you want to just catch up get them all at once but that's not coming until a little later this year anyway um that's my little plug for our book you're allowed to do that thanks i'll, I'll allow it um thanks. i promise you we will we will get back to important work Again yeah. next week, but um, but can but Sid wanted do. to just take a quick fun diversion into mortality and existential crises, and then we'll get back to the hard stuff next time. Is this not? I sometimes in the urgency of the moment, it helps to step back and look at the the vastness of time and space in which we now exist. Do you remember I said I haven't been meditating lately because mm -hmm. things have been really good? Set aside a few f minutes for me after the show is done, so I can get this good old anxiety back under control. I would, I would encourage you all, however you choose, to take care of yourselves, um, but to continue the good work that everyone is doing. Um, again, protesting, speaking out, uh, donating, calling your representatives, educating yourselves, being being better, um, better at anti racism, and. Please wear your masks if you're leaving the house as much yeah, as you can. Yeah, it's getting bad out there, guys. It, it really Please. is. It's um, I, I take it personally now because it's getting bad right here where we live. Now um, it's real. No, I mean Sydney was all for it before, uh, but now. Um, no, but please wear, your, wear masks. your masks. If you leave the house, you are not. They will not deprive you of oxygen. I see that idea out there a lot. Oh um, Don't it, make us do a whole episode about how it's fine. If so, surgeons would not be able to do surgery. They wear masks the whole time. They would pass out seconds into surgery, and all surgeries would be failures forever. But they're not, because masks will not deprive you of oxygen. They do not make you retain CO2. Please wear your masks, wash your hands, and stay home as much as you possibly can. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us again next week for Sawbones. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Ono, Ross, and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. 
can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Ona Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye.